welcome to The Fulfillment Project. I'm your host, Sarah Fennell, international fitness model and former IFBB Pro figure athlete turned personal development sponge, entrepreneur, and online marketing junkie. I want to have it all in life, and I am not afraid to admit it. This show is for high-performing, high-vibing humans who are ready to take action, step through their fears, and up-level their life and business. Join me as we take one more step closer to that today. Okay, so I am so excited for this conversation today. Uh, I have Barat Oza here with me. Hello, Barat. What's up, Sarah? Nothing. I never know what to call you. Barat, Bart, B. Barat, perfect. <laughs> That's my real name. Yeah, so this will be a conversation about healing with mushrooms and psychedelic and the shaman work that you have been doing and that you're training into. And (laughs) I've been getting so many messages and people excited to hear about this conversation. And I'm, I'm really glad that this is a a more of an open conversation and people are more open to something like this because we are talking about a drug, but you know, I mean, we can say caffeine is a drug as well. Alcohol is a drug. So um, I really want to unpack this for people to help them better understand the process. And it might be a really great modality for them to do some internal healing as well. 100%. Yeah. And I just want to mention something since you mentioned it, you know, this is a drug. Um, it's we, you know, we obviously have these notions behind what drugs are and drugs are bad. But we also have to step back and look at, and I've been questioning everything in my life like this over the last three years is who told me that, you know, and what's the reasoning behind that? So how come caffeine is not a regulated drug? How come alcohol is not a regulated drug? You know, uh, there's a lot of things like most people are dying of painkillers. That's a drug. Oh yeah. The pharmaceutical. (laughs) Yeah. So um, there, I don't want to get into a conspiracy theory but there's a reason why these things are regulated and they should be there should be some kind of like boundaries with any of these things um but i just want to bring this up because i think people need to look at it through a different lens uh this is there is you know uh, this is mind expanding consciousness expanding substances and from a shamanic perspective these are spirits these are beings these are conscious beings that um guide you protect you right so um, yeah, I just wanted to mention that because I want people to like look at it from a different perspective and not look at this as that's a drug. Oh my God. Yeah. hundred um, percent. And I'm really glad that you, you opened with this because I mean, I've, I've done mushrooms in the past in my early twenties and I, I've talked about this on the podcast. I mean, I did a lot of drugs in my early twenties, but it was a way for me to escape, not expand. And I love the word, that you use the word expanding. Um, and it's something that comes up with Joe, like, you know, we smoke cannabis every now and then. And there, there's things that we do not to escape our life, but to open consciousness and have us look at things differently. So it, it all depends on how you're using the substances. So thank you so much for that. Um, and as well, you know, in my early 20s, when I definitely was abusing drugs, like I grew up as like drugs are bad. And I think a lot of people, you know, grew up in that context because we're not open to conversations like this and the the healing properties of them. And my parents never smoked, never did drugs, barely drank. So, you know, with, with you saying like, where did that come from? Um, and now with looking at it from like the benefits that, that, that it's given me um, and, and this whole experience that I went through with you that we're going to talk about, um, we use them as tools in our life. Um, and when you're intentional and able to direct it properly and, and have proper guidance and in an awesome container for growth, oh my goodness, like these experiences can completely change your life. Absolutely. Yeah. Even look at MDMA, right? It's yes. right now it's in stage three trials in the States to become legal for PTSD. 
Yes. Yes. Years ago, it was like, hey, MDMA, that's bad. We got to knock, you know, crack down on it. And yeah. no, use it well with the right intention, right setting. Incredible yeah. therapeutic properties. Yeah. And if you look at even, I think it was, was it the 50s? Um, mm-hmm. When um, psychologists and, and psychotherapists were using LSD, MDMA, mushrooms for a lot of healing. And, and MDMA now with its ability for post-traumatic stress syndrome, um, you know, I love that this stuff is coming to light because you cannot break barriers in your mind and consciousness un- unless you are given these tools to be able to do so because the mind will stop you. It will trap you. The ego will uh, play things on you, um, tricks and, and pick you you know, think that, um, that you can't have the possibilities that you can or the insights that, that these allow you to have. Yeah. And maybe I'm getting ahead of myself in the conversation, but that's a great point because the way I facilitate the ceremonies, the way I like coach people is I don't just let people just come into the ceremony and, Hey, I want to do mushrooms. Mm-hmm. It's always what's your experience being, where are you coming from? What's your history? Do you have any rituals, daily rituals that ground you, right? Have you spent enough time observing your behaviors, having some level of awareness versus I have no rituals. I have no organization. I don't do any grounding practices. I'm just going to go do this. Um, And sometimes it is beneficial, but I always like to give people some kind of foundation before they come into a ceremony. So I think that's, that's really important. We'll, we'll talk about the integration stuff. Yeah. So, um, I mean, thinking about how we're going to unpack this, because I mean, that's why like before we hit record, I'm like, how much time do you have, Barack? (laughs) We can sit here all day and talk about this and share stories. Uh, but I thought, you know, we could frame it as, you know, let's talk about like, what are mushrooms? Um, like, you know, why, why are they used for healing? Um, you know, the mechanism of action, we can chat about that. Um, I'd love to get into other, you know, traditional healing methods as well that you've worked with and, and some things that I've used with you. Um, talking about how the ceremony actually works and how you facilitate it. Um, and then go into talking about my experience and, and what happened. And, and you're welcome to share some stories as well. Um, I think that'll give us a really good framework to take any listeners on a journey who, where they're like, I don't know what this is and what you're talking about or to give people some more insight um, if they have been um, exposed to, to this topic. So cool. Absolutely. That's yeah. Great. So before we get into that, let's chat about, you've been on the show before. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think we chatted about your, uh, your hike uh, up to the base camp of um, Everest base camp. Mount Everest. Yes. yes. Uh, even uh, Peru, my first time I went to Peru and did ayahuasca. Yes. Yes. Um, so give us a little bit of context into the, the training you're doing to be a shaman. Um, what does it mean to be a shaman? Um, and some of the things that you've been doing and studying. Um, so obviously like I think three years ago when we, I was on the podcast just before that I had gone to Peru for the first time, um, experienced ayahuasca with proper shamans, like trained. Uh, there's a, there's a, a tribe in Peru called the Shipibo. Um, and they're pretty much um, a tribe where shamanic healing as I don't want to say originated, but they're known for it. Um, so I had my experience there, got a lot of healing. And even back then, I didn't think that I'm going to, okay, I'm going to study this. It just, it's funny how life then opens up. And like I said, right, these are all consciousness expanding um, beings. Um, so it just one thing led to another. And I was almost like guided to, yeah, this is the work you're going to do. And that's led me to like study the language with the Shipibo right now, um, you know, start learning shamanism. Shamanism is really 
technically it's the person that connects between the conscious realm, which is the realm we live in right now every day, and the super conscious realm, which is the realm that we don't see because it exists at a certain frequency. Um, and so a shaman is a person that can navigate between both and not just through psychedelics, uh, but through drumming, uh, through music, through breath work, there's different modalities that can take you there. Um, so it's just learning different healing practices. Um, and so that's what I'm doing right now is working with these different, um, uh, with the Shipibo tribe, learning that different teachers. I've been a Reiki master for over 10 years now. So I've always been involved with energy medicine. Um, but this is definitely something that I'm being called to work with plants, uh, the consciousness of different plants, not just psychedelic, um, for example, the hape that you did, uh, that was this, it's crushed uh, uh, stems, leaves, roots, flowers, uh, and there's different combinations and they all have different properties. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's like a snuff that you blow into the nasal cavity, gets into your cranium and has different benefits. So just trying to work with different uh, earth medicines. Um, in December, I start training for Campbell. Uh, which is a frog poison, um, which is one of the most powerful immune system boosters out there. Um, so yeah, it just I've been led down this path, and it's like it's like such a strong, very clear calling to okay, this is the work I'm going to do. Yeah, um, we'll talk about mushrooms specifically, but when it comes to he hearing about you know healing herbs, mm -hmm. what does it mean that these herbs heal, or why would someone want to you know get into raising consciousness um and, and healing themselves like if someone's like baseline new to this like what does that actually mean so a couple of ways of looking at this right so from a conscious reality level it's no different from hey i'm stressed i'm going to take ashwagandha it has certain properties balances your stress hormone you feel better um this is no different there's different plants that have different properties so i guess on one level you could call it herbalism uh, but then there are certain plants that have psychedelic properties. So they open you up to the frequencies that you are usually not exposed to, right? We all know there are animals that see certain frequencies. You know, dogs can hear and see certain frequencies. That's how they know there's some one something around. Um, you know, like even, let's say snakes, they use their tongue to smell and they pick up chemicals. Bats, they use sonar. Like, so all of these different animals are using different frequencies, so it's the same way these plants, there are some psychedelic plants that open us up to different frequencies so that we can see the things that we don't see in ordinary states of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And the way they work is they bring healing by through your own consciousness, because I believe we have all the answers. We've just forgotten most of them. And I think part of life's journey is remembrance, is remembering that, oh, this is my truth. This is my medicine. Um, so I, I believe that's how these things, and we can say they also have a consciousness. They're very intelligent beings because they're living. These plants are living, right? We can't deny that these are living beings, no different from animals. Um, but we just, sadly in our culture, we've started to look at these things as below us just because they don't have a nervous system like ours. But they have an intelligence that's incredibly powerful and in some ways even more advanced than ours. And I always say when we use these medicines, they will give you what we need. How do they know what we need? Yeah. You know, what are they connected to? And whether you want to call it this greater consciousness, God, great spirit, whatever your word may be, there is a higher intelligence that they are downloading information from to us. 
So, um, and then allows our soul, if you want to call it that, um, do the healing. And for that, obviously, the intention is important. And I guess we'll, we'll talk about that when we talk about ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of look at it as like, you know, mushrooms, it, it was the vehicle for me to be able to access certain areas or frequencies and give myself, you know, visions and messages that, like what you said, I was just never at a frequency to be able to receive. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so explain what, what mushrooms are. I mean, they can be called shrooms, magic mushrooms. Like there's a bunch of different uh, street lingo for it. Um, but let's talk about mushrooms and, you know, their mechanism of action and, and how they really work. So there's a, there's a substance in these specific mushrooms that's called psilocybin. And psilocybin works on your brain and it starts, to keep it overly simple, it starts playing with your neurotransmitters. Um, from a spiritual shamanic standpoint, it helps you kill your ego. Mm -hmm. Your ego shuts down, your mind shuts down because the ego needs your mind and the mind needs your senses. So what you see, you hear, you feel, um, your touch, um, your taste, right? I, I remember a shaman calling this, it helps you enter the nonsense um, where there is no this senses anymore. Now you're completely using your soul guidance, your intuitive heart or your heart mind as, as they call it. Um, so you're expanding and looking at all these different frequencies, um, which allows you to go, wow, okay, there's a whole nother world. And it's so humbling because you realize that, wow, there's so much beyond your little bubble that we, you know, we tend to live in and we get caught up in, right? We don't look at the big picture. And we can say that society systems are created to keep us in that bubble, right? And I find psychedelics, which is why even back in the 50s, psychedelics was a major revolution because, you know, the Vietnam War was happening, all that stuff was happening, and then came psychedelics. And there's a whole movement of whether you want to call them hippies or, you know, like people fighting, realizing, you know, we need to love each other, we need to fight, and we need to protest this you know, Vietnam War and whatever, the war against drugs and whatever it was. So um, that's how it generally works without getting too sciencey about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was doing a bunch of research going into our ceremony too. Because like I said, like I've done them, but never from like the guided ceremony perspective, which was absolutely incredible. And one of the things I came across in my research was very much what, exactly what you were talking about there with the ego. Um, and it's, it's what's called like the default mode network. In your mm -hmm. brain so it's this filtering process that all of our thoughts go through which is our ego so like your ego is your it's your sense of self it's your identity it's i you know i am sarah i am a marketing coach like you know i am sitting here looking at barat so and so when we get thoughts or ideas that come in it's like maybe i want to go to this next this next level in my business well your ego in this default mode network sets in where it's like well you can't do that and who are you and you failed here before and, and all these things that block us so when that is taken out of place it's like we are exposed to our true potential and what our potential is really supposed to be without that judgment that you put on yourself and it's it's incredible because it's like unlimited potential and possibilities that you open up to unlimited is the key word yeah yeah um so how does the ceremony work explain explain from like start to finish um how does that work um, so the, the, the reason for ceremony is exactly what you said before, right? Like people have done mushrooms or other drugs before, but it's usually with a group of friends at a club. 
um, it's all designed to look outside, right? And nothing wrong with that. Like I know people who've done mushrooms and gone out in nature and they're like, oh my God, these plants are alive. These trees are alive. And that's beautiful because that's also another level of experience which connects us deeper to nature, right? And makes us realize that we are all one. Um, But I find ceremonies important because it pushes you to go inside. When you're in ceremonial space, it's a, first of all, it's a safe space. Um, I usually keep no more than five people in there. And there's, there's four things for any ceremony or any psychedelic experience. Um, the set, the setting, the intention, and the integration. So the set is the mindset that you have coming into ceremony, right? Are you coming in to escape or are you coming in to do work inward? right? Um, Your setting is, do you feel safe in this environment? Where are you, right? What's the temperature like? Uh, Are you comfortable? Um, Who are you around? Do you trust the people that you're around? And that's a big factor because I've seen people, even in ceremonies, when they don't feel safe for whatever reason, they don't have the psychedelic experience. So the fear blocks it as well. Um, But that's the setup. So we have like a comfortable space. Usually it's people lying down. Um, I find lying down helps because it almost like tells you to relax. Um, and we usually start with a prayer. Uh, we sage everyone, clear the space. Um, at least for me, before people come in, I actually, um, it's called gridding. So I protect the space. So usually right now it's in my condo. Um, so I protect the space energetically, make sure it's clear Um no heavy energies around. I'll spend the day meditating, just cleansing myself, um, not having any distractions because I have to manage the energy. And then, yeah, when people come in, we sage everyone. We um, say prayer, connect with each other, get to know each other a little bit. Um, and then we usually start with hape or sananga. Um, hape, like I said before, that's the snuff. And sananga are these eye drops um, that, uh, yeah, I always say nothing in the Amazon is friendly. Everything burns or, you know, makes you purge. So Sananga are these eye drops that burn, uh, but they're known for their power of uh, helping you see beyond uh, your current perspective. Uh, They can help you uh, see deeper. Um, They can help you see further. um, And they can help you clear some blocks because oftentimes what happens, although I put the drops in the eyes, people tell me, why do I feel a burning in my chest? Why do I feel a burning in my lower back? And it's just showing you that's where the energy blocks are. And then whether it's through the intention during the psychedelic ceremony or through energy work or meditation or breath work, we start moving those. Um, So after we've done that, we get into some breath work um, because I find breath work is so freaking powerful. Just as breathing, we don't breathe properly. And every day we're sending signals to the nervous system saying, I'm stressed out. Versus if you breathe slow, deeper, you're telling your nervous system, I'm safe. I'm happy, right? Uh, so we do breath work because often I find even breath work alone brings healing. Oh, like yeah. A lot of people I've seen like cry and laugh and they're like, oh my God, I feel so much better. I've had people go, I don't have a migraine anymore. I don't have a back pain anymore. And that's just after the breath work. So that's usually like the setup. And then I prepare the tea. I bless the tea, uh, which is the, the mushroom tea. Um, and uh, then, yeah, we journey. Uh, we drink, but the really key powerful, I want to call it a technology is the music. Mm-hmm. 
because, and this is how I was exposed to psychedelics, first being ayahuasca, where traditional Shipibo shamans will sing something called ikaros. So ikaros are these songs that they sing that are given to them by these plants. And they are incredibly, incredibly powerful. I, I want to say the ikaros are the actual technology that bring the healing, not so much the ayahuasca. Ayahuasca just opens you up. What the ikaros do is actually now go into your frequency and start clearing up your stuff. And you willing, with your intention, you let it go or you strengthen what needs to be strengthened. So um, I put a lot of time into curating the music. So depending on who's coming, what do I feel intuitively? Maybe they've shared certain things with me. I, I curate the playlist for about four to five hours. Um, and that really leads the journey. I find everyone gives me feedback on the music, the music, the music took me here, the music took me there. Um, even Your when playlist was fantastic. It was amazing. I'm, I'm glad you loved it. Like it's, that is so important. That's, I think that's where I put the most effort because even when things get difficult in ceremonies and maybe we'll talk about it, but it's the music that kind of says, Hey, just, just follow me, come along. Cause the music's moving mm-hmm. and it's moving and it's taking you through a journey. It's taking you through places uh, within yourself and within the cosmos. And um, so the music is such a powerful technology. And my goal is eventually to be able to sing Icaros during my ceremonies. So that's, that's where I'm, that's why I'm learning the language right now. Uh, so I can go down to Peru, study with them some more and um, yeah, bring that technology back here along with, you know, my, my iPod playing, but yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and that's why they call it like a guided ceremony. Like you're there to hold space and like you, you held space so amazing for us. Um, and it was five of us women, which I think was great for me to be in total feminine energy and the guidance from the playlist that takes you on a journey. There are highs, there are lows. Um, and even like you were talking about the next morning, you know, you, you specifically curate it where you're getting into your shadow side and the music can sound very dark and it's supposed to bring out that, that darkness and those shadows in you. And then it also goes light and um, very higher energy. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's 100% a journey that, that you take people through. Absolutely. And I, I find the shadow part is so critical. That's where, all right, hey, you ready? We're going to take you down there and it's dark and it's okay. And which is why also before the ceremony, I give you guys some guidelines, you know, this too shall pass, um, say yes to everything, go towards it, because that's where the work is. And like I said before, these are very intelligent beings. So if they're showing you something, go towards it. And if you don't, that's okay too, another time. But I've learned through my experiences with ayahuasca, DMT, mushrooms, say yes. Because universal love is always a yes. So just go with it, you know? Yeah. Um, what do you have to say about if someone says they've had a bad trip or they don't like psychedelics because they've heard of bad trips? What is your take on that? There is no such thing as a bad trip. The only time there's a bad trip, literally, is if you're, if you're in the wrong set and setting. That's when, yes, you could have so-called bad trip. But if you're in the right, you come in with the right mindset, you have the right setting, the right music, your right intentions. And then obviously uh, integration, which for me is pre-ceremony and post-ceremony. So if you prepared for that, you cannot have a bad trip. You can have a difficult trip, 
you could be exposed to a lot of shadows and you saw someone in the group have a strong reaction. Um, that is possible, but that's why you are there. It's almost like you're going into ceremony knowing, yep, I'm here. Show me what I need to see, you know? And that's, that's part of your intentions that I believe need to be there is, you know what? I trust you. I trust the medicine, bring it on. And that's also where my work comes in is to be able to guide without interfering. So for example, when she was going through that difficult situation, the, the human side of me is going, I should help her. The, the conscious side of me is going, no, that's, that's why she's here. She needs to do this. And at one point when I felt like it was getting a little out of hand, I had to go there just to comfort her. Just help her hit the brakes a little bit, yeah. you know, while she's going downhill, hitting the gas. Yeah. Um, I had to help her a little bit, but that was just to say, hey, you're here. Remember, you're not where you think you are, yeah. but that's it. But I want that person to go through what they need to go through. Yeah, it was interesting me hearing what she was going through because we're all in a room. And, and, and what I loved about this experience was it was totally like you're on your own, you're not talking. And like when I did mushrooms in my early 20s, we would, you know, take some and we'd be camping outside and the trees would look all funny and we'd laugh all night long. Um, so it's a very interactive experience. Um, and your surroundings, if they change, like your mood can shift really quickly. Um, whereas with you, like you're curating a really nice, smooth journey. Um, and yeah, when she was having a hard time there, um, I was having to like catch myself to not want to interact with her or become part of it and trying to just stay in my own zone. Um, but also, you know, I do believe that we were all there together for a reason. And, and like I said, after ceremony, I apologize to her because I said, I'm sorry, but your bad trip actually helped me realize a lot of stuff that I have healed from because she was very expressive in some internal dialogue of, you know, you suck and you're lonely and no one loves you and, and this very shadow stuff. And I was witnessing that but also witnessing old patterns of thinking that I have healed from over the years. So almost giving myself gratitude. Um, and it was a weird dynamic of like, oh my God, she's not in a good space, but this is so good for me right now. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and that's why even at the beginning, I mentioned that stay in your space, do your work. Uh, this is not about anyone else. And because I, I know sometimes what can happen is it can take you out of your uh, process. Mm-hmm. When you're so attached to, I got to help that person. What's this person going through? Which is also why sometimes when I have close friends, I keep them apart in the ceremony or even couples. Sometimes if I know enough about the couple, sometimes I've even told couples to come in separate ceremonies first and then come together in another ceremony. Yeah. Um, because I find there are times when certain couples don't want to be like, ah, there's things that I'd rather, if they come up, I'd rather him not know right now. Um, so, and then that could, again, go back to that feeling of uns- feeling unsafe. Yeah. Yeah. Which then blocks your progress. So, yeah, it, it's interesting. Cause I, I brought this up with Joe. I said, Hey, like I'm doing this. Do you want to join me? And like, we've done a lot of healing together and, and very similar experiences together, but for some reason, um, I didn't want him to be there and he actually didn't want to be there. He's like, I just don't feel called to do it. And to be honest, it wouldn't have been the same if he was there. So I'm glad that I did this, um, on my own. Also, this is the interesting ring, right? Joe has big energy, big, divine, you know, king, warrior, magician energy. So, which would be great to balance all this feminine energy, but that changes the dynamic now. You know, and it's it's amazing how the dynamics change just by the presence of a person or two people or whatever. Yeah. So, for sure, yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, yeah, let me get in and share uh, my experience of, of what happened. Um, and for those listening here, I want people to understand that this was just my experience and, you know, everyone is going to have a different experience. And when I do it again, because I want to do it again, it'll be a completely different experience. So no one has the same experience as someone else and no one has the same experience twice. Um, and so what I love, like what I said, was it was totally in, it was an introverted experience. No one else was a part of it, which was a totally different experience for me um, with taking any type of drugs. And so we, we drank the tea, we laid down. Um, and I love that you had us put a blindfold on to start that out. So it's complete darkness. The music goes on um, and it starts you out on the journey. And, you know, it, it, it takes about half an hour for it to kick in. Um, and, and when you start to feel it kick in, you just start to feel different sensations in your body. Um, like my skin kind of felt like it came alive. Um, I started seeing some colors and like geometric patterns in my mind. Um, and then what I was really surprised about was it was just pure like bliss and joy that came over me. Um, and something that I'd actually never experienced on, on mushrooms before. Like I've laughed with friends, but just like, it was almost like I gave myself a hug <laughs> and it was like pure bliss. And it's interesting because when that started happening to me, you know, the other woman in, it was started to have like her shadow side come out. And so here I was experiencing all this bliss and I'm hearing her go through like so much pain. Um, but for me, it was a lot of acknowledgement for work that I've done on myself over the years. And, you know, I've always felt like I was a spiritual person, but never had the right container or circle of friends or influences to be able to explore that more. Um, and since Joe and I met just over four years ago, him and I have just been on this crazy journey. Um, we're twin flames, if anybody knows what that means. So we're forced into healing patterns. Um, and so my experience with, with this was a lot of confirmation, a lot of confirmation for the work that I've done. Um, and the message that kept coming up for me was trust and surrender. Um, trusting is a huge issue for me. Um, I've dealt a lot of bullying through high school um, and a lot of just not being able to trust people um, and surrendering and letting go of control is really hard for me. So like just trust, surrender, trust and surrender like that, that message kept coming up for me. And the main message that I took from all of that was feel joy in every single moment. Um, as you know, like Joe and I are, I always feel like we're on a rocket ship to like the next level and I'm trying to always catch up with myself. So it's hard for me to stay super present and, and enjoy for everything that we have envisioned that we're growing into, um, which I think a lot of people can relate to, right? Like we're always looking at different levels that we want to go to and different things that we want. But if we don't feel the joy in the moment as we're progressing there, then you, you feel like you're just on a hamster wheel. So I felt like I actually stepped off of my hamster wheel and I was like, wow, and just thanking and, and gratitude for myself and really acknowledging like where, where I am in life. Um, and that was so needed for me. Um, I also, I saw myself as a little girl, um, like in, in that version of myself and I felt very alone. Um, so that was some shadow stuff that came up for me again, nothing ever felt bad. Um, I never really had any negative feelings. Um, it was just a lot of reminiscing over past experiences, um, feeling alone as a little girl and almost being there to console her as well. Um, 
And another thing that came up was permission for me to like really step into that next version of myself. And for, it's interesting because I got really sick at the, at the end of August and I was sick for six weeks. Um, and it was actually the first time where I completely gave myself permission to be sick and let people know that I was sick because surrendering and, and, and trusting people is a thing of mine. And I tend to hold back um, how I'm actually feeling around people. So I let people know I was sick. I changed around my client's schedule. Like I let Joe just kind of take over and, and that those six weeks were very healing for me, not even just from a physical illness perspective, but from a spiritual. And as those six weeks were ending, like I had said to you, I felt like I was, had been a caterpillar in this cocoon um, and that I was trying to break free. And maybe I had like an arm out and a head out, but I still felt stuck. Um, and I felt like I, I was almost feeling at times during the day at the end of these six weeks, uncomfortable in my skin like just like a restlessness in my body. And, you know, in the ceremony, I felt this explosion of energy inside myself. And that's when I actually, I took my blindfold off because I laid down with my blindfold on for quite some time. Yeah. And um, when that explosion of energy came, that's when I was kind of like, okay, that's it. That's what I came for. And then I, ha I had to start moving. So I was doing like yoga poses and stretching and I felt... <laughs> I felt like this like goddess within me was just like exploded. Um, and I was able to kind of sit in my own true energy, which I have never actually felt. Um, and it, 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 yeah, it, it felt so amazing. And I just like smile on my face and, um, yeah. So a lot of confirmation, a lot of, uh, allowing myself to step into the next version, um, seeing and feeling what that next version is going to be. Cause I think that was why I actually felt stuck. Um, like, you know, Joe and I are building out a new brand that's bigger than anything that mm -hmm. we've had. We're bringing on coaches. Um, we're expanding our team. Like we're going to be buying a property in the next five to seven years and, and building a retreat place. And like, there's, there's this huge vision that I saw, but I didn't know who Sarah was supposed to be um, in order to get there. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I, I felt that energy. I felt that power that needs to come over me. Um, and just stepping into a next level of leadership in myself. And it was so cool to have that container, to feel that and accept that. Um, and to have no judgment on myself at all for that. And, and like, that's the coolest part. It's just pure bliss, pure potential, um, and able to experience that. Cause I think some people, they don't even trust themselves enough to step into their potential because they don't believe it in themselves and they don't know what that's actually going to take from them. Yeah. And two things that come up for me right now, you mentioned trust and surrender and in most psychedelic experiences, what else can you do but surrender? Yeah. Because yeah. when you don't, when you keep fighting it, that's when it gets difficult. Yeah. If you go, hey, here I am, just whatever. This too shall pass. And boom, you go, right? Yeah. Um, and I can there's say a, there's this, Sorry, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, there's this physicist. His name is Amit Goswami. I think he has like a few books. But he's like a spiritual physicist. Um, so he's like tries to figure out you know, everything from God to consciousness in the, in the terms of physics. And he came up with this really cool, ultra simple thing. He's like, remember, do be, do be, do be, do be. Do and be. Do and be. Do and be. Most of us are do, 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 do all the time. Right? Then we burn out. Yeah. Right? And we don't get that chance to like feel joy because we're always doing. Right? If you're always in the rocket ship, but you don't take the time to go out into space and float around and come back, then go back to your rocket ship. Like 
you're just doing, 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 doing. So instead, it's like, it's a nice little concept of do and then be, do and then be. Know how much to do, when to do, and know when to just be, you know, just enjoy that. And I, I really like that because it's such a simple concept, you know. Um, so that, that, that just came up for me when you were mentioning, like, not feeling joy in all these achievements. Yes, yeah. Um, and some of the, because I know I got questions and some DMs of, like, what does it feel like? So that's kind of my my introspection journey. And then, you know, what it feels like, I felt like my, all of my cells in my body came alive. Um, I felt like my heart kind of exploded open. So a lot of just love. Um, again, there were, there were, I didn't get a lot of colors. I did, I got some visions at the beginning. Um, actually almost felt like I could have taken more to be honest. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there were some visions and colors at the very beginning, but that didn't last long. Um, but it was more just kind of like doors wide open for me to experience this journey and even like getting up and kind of like doing yoga poses and like moving around with like five other women and and you being sober sitting there. Um, it, it, it just, it like, it it takes out that default mode network. Right. So it's like, fuck it. Like this is my journey and this is what I need. And I'm, I'm going to take this. Yeah. And Um, I appreciate that you felt safe enough to do that. Um, and like I said, right, like it, your ego dissolves. Mm-hmm. So that mind that's going, well, no, you can't do yoga. Like, come on, there's, there's a ceremony space. Like, no, do whatever you want. That's why even at the beginning I said, you want to dance? Go dance. I don't care. Just make sure it's not disrupting the others. Um, I've been in ceremonies where people start dancing, like mm-hmm. literally dance because uh, we were, when I was doing ayahuasca, we were in this space called Maloka, which is like this massive hut. And so you're like on the outsides of the thing and then the shamans are there in the center. But there's a lot of space where there's people dancing. Yeah. That's what you need to do. You do that, right? And um, it, it, it's, it was great to see you being able to do that, someone else being able to do what they need to do. Then, you know, two of them start laughing. Yeah. Um, it was fantastic. It was, it was beautiful yeah. to see that. There was, there was crying. There was laughing. There was yeah. screaming. Um, you know, the, the one girl, she was talking out loud a lot. So I was hearing what was going on in her mind. Um, yeah, but I think also because I knew it was a container for healing and everyone was there for the same, um, the same reason that it, it gave me permission to, to take what I needed. Cause like, that's the other thing. Like when I've done mushrooms in the past with like a group of people, I guess, and, and I can't say I had a pure blissful experience and there was a lot of negativity there, but it's almost like I'm, I'm, I'm not, I didn't feel the comfort to be able to open up and, and, you know, truly share in an experience because the environment would change or the conversation would change. So it wasn't something that was conducive for an environment for a complete experience. Absolutely. And the experience also depends on obviously the dosage. So you guys had just three and a half grams, which is actually a powerful dosage because I've done two grams and it's been freaking powerful. Um, but it also can depend on the strain. There's different strains that we use, right? Um, so it, everyone's experience depends on the response to music. What's their mindset? How are they feeling? What's the intention? So it's it, sometimes people will say, hey, uh, maybe more is better. Not necessarily. You know, I've had very profound experiences with two grams and I've had very profound experiences with seven grams. Um, and I can't necessarily say it's always the dosage. It, it depends on, again, these are very conscious, intelligent beings. So they'll give you what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is why I believe that 
having a nice foundation of certain rituals every day, whether it's your journaling, whether it's meditation, whether it's yoga, whether it's cold showers, having that foundation is critical because post-ceremony, what do you do with all this wisdom? Yeah. It, and that, like, that's when the work actually needs to be done. Yeah. This is nice. I'm feeling joy. This is that. I feel my divine energy. Okay. What are you doing now? Yeah. Because now you're back into this state of consciousness. How are you taking this forward? Because otherwise, what did you do? You just got a high. And you have a nice memory now. Well, yeah, I felt good. Right? But it's that integration that's so critical, which I don't think in the old previous traditions, there's a lot of integration. But I think somewhere that got lost with just, you know, people enjoying psychedelics as, uh, as entertainment or escape. Right. There's no container. There's no guidance. There's no integration after. And like you said, that's when the real work begins. Yeah. The um, so it was what six days ago that the ceremony was, and th- this week has been really um, really interesting for me. And some things I, ha- I haven't told you yet. So the next day, so Sunday, I was I was very tired. Sunday, it's I felt, I felt like I had like a soul workout. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was right. exhausted, but like so excited and, and energized at the same time. And so when I had like a really good solid sleep and woke up on Monday, it was the first time in maybe ever in my life where I woke up and there was an instant smile on my face and I felt joy. Like I didn't, I didn't go into my typical, this is what I got to do today. I got to get up. I got to feed the cats and blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Um, And it's been like that every morning. And I've also been catching myself if maybe I'm, you know, getting in my head too much or you know, having anxiety or working, working up stress in a certain area of like catching myself going like, no, like you can feel joy in this moment, even if this point in your day is hard or you're exhausted. Yeah. And so just that reframing and catching myself, um, because I felt so much bliss and joy and what I really wanted to feel every day in the ceremony, I was able to now know what that feels like and be able to bring it into my daily life. Absolutely. Yeah. The other really cool thing that happened was um, Sunday night, so the day after I did a hypnosis before bed, which Joe and I do very frequently. And, you know, because it was still very much in my system, um, there was still a euphoria that I felt all that day. Um, I actually had a hypnosis that brought me to an experience in high school that, and now I realize like why I don't trust people. It, like I had this breakthrough. I can't believe I didn't tell you. So I had this hypnosis where I took myself back to this moment in time in high school. So in grade nine, I, there was a lot of bullying that was done for me. I was threatened to have like my eyebrows shaved. There was food thrown at me in the cafeteria. There were rumors that went on about me from these like grade 10 or 11 girls. I hated it. Grade nine was awful. So mm-hmm. I switched schools and went to a city school. I was in a country school before. Mm-hmm. Went to a city school. The first day of grade 10, I'm walking to my first class and this group of like five or six girls surrounds me. And I had no idea who they are. Um, and they're like, who do you think you are coming to this school? And you think that you're going to like run this school? And they were screaming and yelling at me. And like this for real happened. And I'm, and I'm standing there going, what the heck is going on right now? Like I knew one person in that school and it was my best friend growing up. And as they were finishing that up, she walked over and she had been friends with them the year because she was there the year prior. And she walked off with them and she didn't talk to me for the rest of high school. So like my best friend growing up rejected me because she was in with these popular girls. And so this hypnosis brought me back to that whole experience of standing there at the beginning of grade 10. And I was actually able to take myself out, see myself, see them, 
and actually recognize their suffering in that moment to be able to have to break me down. And it was so much consoling of myself and just recognizing where they were and, and why they did that. Um, and it actually had nothing to even do with me. And so like having that, having the Saturday night experience and then having that experience with you on Sunday, um, I feel some light within my body and my soul now and just shedding um, that baggage that I was carrying around. I freaking love that. I yeah. Love that. yeah. I remember having a similar experience where I was once, there was this guy who he was a known bully and he had once at a party and we were laughing and we we're talking, punched me in my stomach so freaking hard. My body just froze. And I still remember that in one of my ceremonies, I went back there and I met him, his soul. I, I believe that was a soul that I spoke to. And he said, you know why? I'm, I'm, I'm actually very sorry I hit you. But the reason I hit you, because you were the only person that was not scared of me. And that just, like it was like I went resolve that trauma. Yeah. And it was so powerful doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, that's, there's so many other stories. I remember in one of my past lives, I was this kid in India who was tied. Like I, I used to live on the street. And I was under this bridge behind, like locked up with a chain around my neck tied to the wall. And it's, it's, I had to go free the kid, say, so I love you. You're okay. Don't worry. You're safe. And that was part of my healing uh, that helped me create more abundance financially because that was the karma I was playing. I was the street kid who died at one point because I didn't have enough food. Um, so it's, it's amazing how healing these things can be. And yes, not everyone's going in, going into past lives or anything, but it's the more you work with it, the more intentions you have, the more work you do on yourself, the better your integration is, the better your rituals are. You can have very profound healing. Yes. Um, and, and that's, and that's exactly what we meet when we, what we mean when we say healing. And, and I think some people might not understand like healing, healing what, um, and you know, what I've found is especially being a business owner, like, you know, there's so much shit that you need to clear as a business owner so that you know your worth, you can actually expand your income, you can step into more confidence. Um, and a lot of people don't understand that personal work that needs to go through to actually have the things that you want in life. Um, it has nothing to do with our physical world and, and those actions you take. It's what is going on, you know, between your ears and embedded into your soul that really holds you back. Yeah. And that's the healing because what's yeah. what are these beliefs, where do these beliefs come from? Right. And whether people believe this or not, but there's also generational beliefs that you are carrying. There's ancestral beliefs you're carrying. So all of that plays into your life. Yes. Um, yeah. And the more I've deepened into this, um, you know, really getting into hypnosis two years ago with Brenda, and I, I know you're very yeah. much uh, working with her as well. Um, yeah. starting that and then, you know, doing this ceremony. And I think the next morning I was like, B, when's the next one? <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> That's funny. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, because the more work I've done on myself, it's almost like you, you take off the shackles and the pain that you live through and the negative internal dialogue. Life gets better. Life gets easier. Life gets more fun, freeing and joyous when you can heal these traumas and, and everyone has traumas and whether you want to call them like assaults on your soul or traumas, yeah. um, it doesn't have to be something astronomical. You know, it, it could be like, you know, when you were uh, a child crying in your crib and your mom didn't come console you, like, and you, you might not even remember that experience, but it's imprinted into you. Yeah. That's abandonment. You know, that's so that age group zero to seven is when you start getting the software installed in you 
And then seven to 14 is where the software becomes your blueprint, you know? And so, yeah, you're right. Those little things at that age, you look at that as abandonment. It's not, that's not what the intention may have been of your mom or dad or whatever, but you're looking at that as I got abandoned. What the hell? You know, and that we don't realize how that's affecting you now in your business, your work, your friendships, your relationships, your with your kids, anything. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and I find too, because doing like hypnosis work is great, but I find it very like it's like surface level as well. And this like these type of you know healing herbs and, and mushrooms really get a lot a lot deeper. Um, and cause I mean, the hypnosis helped me go to different levels in my business. Um, cause I, like, I never grew up with an entrepreneurial family, um, like very blue collar. Um, like that was, if you can make $60,000 a year, like that's success. And so I've had to reprogram my mind for what success is. And even more so over the last year of exceeding any goal that I ever thought was proper, uh, you know, for myself that I put there. Um, and then also having new visions and it's like, how the heck am I going to make that happen? But, you know, once, if you see something or desire something, you know, it's, it's there for you to take for yourself if you're willing to actually do the work and then grow into that person who can have that. Absolutely. And that's, you know, just like I said, right, these are conscious beings. So although the psilocybin chemically has worn off, you just got to upgrade in your consciousness. You know, and you can't you can't unsee it. You can't unexperience that. So it, it's one of which is why they're so powerful in treating things like anxiety, depression, PTSD, is because it's almost upgrading your system overnight. Which is why a lot of times they say that's like ten years of therapy in one ceremony. You know, because they're that powerful, they're fast, deep, and sticks. Yeah. And I mean, I have experience, you know, working with um, psychologists and psychotherapists, you know, depression has been something that's been, you know, part of my life for like the last 12 years, but I never enjoyed therapy. I just, I felt like I could not get into a space to be raw and vulnerable enough. Um, whereas with this, I feel like I can actually do the work on myself that needs to be done. And I don't need someone else to facilitate that conversation with me. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. your soul knows the answers. Yes. You know? So when, which is why I was joking during the ceremony, it felt like I'm the keeper in the matrix. You know, I'm just watching you guys. You guys are plugged in. You guys are leaving. I'm just watching your bodies. Make sure everything's okay while you guys go and do your work and then come back. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's just that, like you guys know what you need to do. It's just clearing off all that thing. And that's what psychedelics help us do is let's clear all this. Let's give you that ability to go do the work. Yeah. Um, I'd love to touch on microdosing before we wrap, wrap up yep. this conversation. Um, you know, something Joe and I have done the last year and a half, two years. Um, I know it's something that, you know, you do as well. So what, what is microdosing? Explain that to us. Uh, microdosing is, again, just taking very, very small quantities of that medicine. So usually, like I said, you, you know, your a decent psychedelic experience is anything, let's say mushrooms is usually two to three and a half grams. I would say even three to three and a half is like beginner, great, you're going to have a psychedelic experience with visions and colors and stuff like that. Um, microdosing is where you're taking probably 100 milligrams all the way up to possibly 500 milligrams. So that's usually mushrooms microdosing is 100 to 500 milligrams and you want to start with the least. Uh, but it's just, it's just little things. It just connects. Again, 
scientifically, it's working on your neurotransmitters. It's improving your serotonin balance. It's improving your, um, you know, your um, uh, GABA. Uh, so it's calming your system down. It's improving your moods. Uh, you combine it with certain other mushrooms like lion's mane and niacin. Works amazing for memory, focus, creativity. Um, again, there's different strains you can microdose with. I know there's certain strains that make me very quiet. I just, I just, I, I, I'm not mad, sad, nothing. I'm just very quiet. I remember microdosing recently with, uh, what strain was it? It was like penis envy strain. Penis envy is, by the way, the <laughs> strongest uh, psilocybin out there. Uh, but I microdosed like 100 milligrams with it. And I was uber quiet. I was sitting right next to my brother, staring at the TV. He's on the cell phone. And literally, I'm just staring. I'm not mad. I'm not sad. I'm like, just, I don't work out. Yeah. And, but then there's ones that make me very creative. I've done some very great posts um, on social media while I was on it. Um, Cause sometimes it also lets you get that download, that little bit of trickling of wisdom in there. Um, so it's, it's, they have so many different benefits also depending on, you know, which strains, what are you combining it with? Cause you can combine it with, let's say things like magnesium and L-theanine and it calms you down, you know? So there's different combinations you can use, but um, again, it could be part of your integration process where you take it just to stay connected with the medicine, stay that in those little, you know, those get those hints of, oh yeah, I remember that, mm-hmm. you know, and because it keeps you in that state then. Yeah. yeah. On the flip side, I also know people who microdose way too much without any foundation in the sense that there's no daily practices. They're just microdosing. And I think, again, for me at least, that's how I approach this and how I coach people and how I hold ceremonies is we need to have daily rituals. We need to have anything, whether it's meditation, journaling, yoga, breath work, whatever, have that because that's foundation. Because when these things are not there, what grounds you? Yeah, we need need to have intentional rituals and habits to focus on ourselves and not just be on autopilot and at the whim of whatever the world wants us to do. Yeah, absolutely. And so... Um, I've had that conversation on the flip side with some people in the last two, three weeks, actually, is just stop it. Stop it for a while. Observe who you are without them. Here, go do a grounding practice every morning. Here's your cold shower every morning. Here's your journal gratitude log every night. Like, let's do that. It's, it's, like, becoming, it's like becoming dependent on caffeine. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now, um, who are you without caffeine? Can you function? If you can't, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But they're incredibly powerful. I, I definitely recommend it. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I explain microdosing. Because I've had a lot of people ask me, because um, microdosing, you don't see the visions, you don't see the colors, like you don't have that psychedelic experience. It's just a slight state change. Yeah. And I kind of explain, like, if you're groggy and t- tired and you drink a coffee, all of a sudden you're like, you're perked up and your state is just slightly changed. Yeah. So that's the way I feel with microdosing too. You yeah. feel a slight shift, but it's nothing where you can't go on about your everyday activities um, or, or impede you with anything. Um, I mean, Joe jo and I have microdosed with, with mushrooms and with LSD, and, and they both give different experiences too. Um, yeah. I find mushrooms very like grounding, body, um, in, increasing mood, whereas LSD is more like creative in my mind, um, massively expanding from a thought perspective. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing too about microdosing that I liked was just because of that slight, like state change, it took me out of my head. 
So, mm. you know, I find like, I kind of always got this like running, you know, I got to do this, got to do this. And this is coming up and that's happening next week. And Joey says, I'm like five stoplights ahead. He's like, just focus on the, the, the next stoplight you're getting to. We don't need to look at the five stoplights. Um, so it takes out, it, it takes me out of my head and out of my like monkey brain. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. awesome bra. Anything else that you want our listeners to know about this experience or the work that you do? Um, I think, you know what, it's one of those things like, and I mentioned this during the ceremony is these are things that no one, you can do all the research you want. You can talk to as many people as you want. You don't know what it's like till you experience it. It's no different from me telling you if you've never eaten, I don't know, guava. And I tell you, yeah, the guava is like this. It's hard outside. It's soft inside. And it tastes like this. the seeds. You still don't know what a guava tastes like. It's exactly that experience. You have to experience it and trust it. And I always say, do it in a safe setting, you know, do with the right people, right. You know, it doesn't have to be an official ceremony, but make sure the space is good. Make sure you trust it. Make sure, you know, you have the right environment around you, you know? So, but other than that, yeah, experience it, man. It's like, there's, there's theories now that we actually evolved from ape to man because we ate mushrooms. And whether you want to deny that or not, that's why I'm not saying that is true, but there are these theories coming up now. Um, so you can imagine how powerful they might be. Yeah. And just from the conversation, right? So Yeah, yeah. Um, I love that you said that too. Like you can't, you can't explain it. Um, it you just, because even after, so, you know, we ended ceremony, you know, we, we ate, you know, there's some food and we went around and spoke and like so many of us were like, I don't even know how to explain what I just went through. Yeah. Yeah. How do you explain that? How do you explain the images and the colors and what do they mean? And, you know, even just sometimes telling people, it's funny because your experience is true to you, right? Like even for example, what I shared with, I was this kid tied up in Bombay and it was so like, I know that was there. And so, yeah, someone can say, uh, don't you think it's just in your head? Like you just thought this. Sure. But I know what I experienced and no one can judge that. No one can take that away from me. So it's just one of those things like, you know, you know, you know, from your heart mind, not just your mind mind. You yeah. Know? So. Yeah. It, it feels, it's very real um, yeah. and enlightening. And yeah, it's, just, you know, that's your truth. Yeah. hundred percent. Amazing. Thank you so much, Bharat. Um, grateful for you from last weekend. Like what an experience. I'm excited to plan our next one. Um, I'll do a, a, a two day back to back with you too. I know you, that, I know you said that you want to do that. So like, I'm your yeah, first. I'm going to plan that out and go, okay, what does that look like? Yeah. 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 That'll be 10 hours of music. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, but yeah I, I, thank I, you so much. Thank you so much for trusting me. And thank you so much for this opportunity to bring this message out there. Um, yeah. cause there's more to this consciousness than we know. So hundred percent. Yeah. And that's why like, you know, I, I had no hold back of even like having this conversation. I'm glad that you were open to it too. Um, cause I've, I like what we started this conversation with, like, I have no negative views on drugs now it just depends on how you're using it. So, you know, if I'm using substances to help me grow and evolve and, and shed some things within myself, you know, whatever I did drugs, it's not a big deal. It, it It's making me a better person is not inhibiting my life at all. And so or hurting anyone else. No. And, and I think more people just need to open up their mind a little bit. And if they're ready for evolutions of themselves and deeper healing, you know, this is definitely a powerful way to do it. hundred percent. hundred percent. Thank you so much, Bharat. You're very welcome, Sarah. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Honestly, shows and podcasts like this are not possible without you. So I have so much gratitude for my listeners. You freaking rock. If you want to find me over on Instagram, I am Sarah.Fennel. Tag me in a post. Let me know what your favorite episode is. Hit me up with a DM. I will always write you back. Shows like this are not possible without ratings and reviews. So if you feel so moved, please write me an honest comment, an honest review, and let us know what you think of the show. 